Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Well, speech! It's called a sermon. We're ready. No, no. For real. First service, they snuck this on. Oh, man, it was, uh, it was tricky, but I, I'm not one for a big appreciation, but this was amazing, and I... I know this. It makes it easy to have a church like with all you guys. It's we're the ones that are, are grateful. We're the ones that are thankful for each and every one of you. Um, I know last week we got a chance to get the family and and go away for a weekend and spend time with about a bazillion others for the most crowded day at Cedar Point ever. Um, and then, but we always miss it. That's the that's the cool thing about church here in, in Life Change. When we're gone, we always miss it, and it's a it's a big deal, right? It's a, it's a big deal to be able to. To be a part of something where, that God is doing something incredible, and, and we really just get a partner with you guys. So I want to I want to thank you guys all for for being a part of Life Change, for allowing God to work in and through you over the past five years, and it's been amazing. And really, we're just jumping in and, and getting started because we're even made for more. Which uh, transition here, transition into our uh, sermon series entitled "Made," which we've been uh, it's the second week. And we're, we're jumping in and we're talking a little bit about our purpose and, and why we're created. And if you think about it, really it's a question we all have asked ourselves, right? How many of you ever asked, like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? What, what am I made for, right? We've all asked that before. We've probably been through stages and phases of life where we've jumped in and dug into that quite a bit. And in fact, you might be in one of those phases. You might be in one of those stages now. And if you are, that's cool. Like that's, it's good. Like It's something that we, we should wrestle with, right? It's something that we should jump into. It's something that we can dive into and kind of figure out. I think there's times we look to certain places to figure out where our purpose is. Right? We, t- we look to certain places where to, to figure out why we were made. I think sometimes we, we can focus in on our career, and we can jump in, and we can, we can dive in there, and we can do everything we can to, to try to figure out our purpose within our career. And again, careers aren't bad. And we are. We are actually made for, for parts of our career. But uh, there's some times where we may get lost in that. The same thing's true for our family. We, we may get lost in the fact that we feel like we're made for our family and, and jump in there. Maybe even uh, in money. Sometimes we, we look to money to, to find our purpose. But the truth is our purpose can only be found in our Heavenly Father. Our purpose can only be found through our Creator. Right? And God has created each and every one of us. He's created each and every one of us on Purpose. And this is really why I'm excited and pumped for this series. We're diving into why we're made. And what we want to do is we want to, we want to simplify this question. Not necessarily, not necessarily make it easy, but we want to simplify the reasons we were made. Right? So last week we jumped in and DJ spoke and he talked about how we were all made for community. He talked about how we were all made for relationship. And if you missed it, you missed an incredible word. That he talked about how we are all made to connect together and that we experience that through loyalty. And he kind of flipped a little bit because we think that we are made for others to be loyal to us. But he talked about how we really experience real community is when we are loyal to others. And when we're loyal to our family. When we're loyal to our friends. When we're loyal to our church. Right? And if you missed that message, I would actually I would challenge you to go back and listen to it. You can check it out on our Facebook or you can check it out at our website at www.mylifechangechurch.com. But what I want you to understand today is that you are not an accident. You are not an accident, and you are not here by accident. You were created on purpose. You were handcrafted on purpose for a purpose. The creator of the universe handmade you to to, to be known and to make him known as well. And we see this going all the way back 
from the very beginning. So if you have your Bibles, go with me. We're going to start off at Genesis chapter 1. We're going to look here in verses uh, 26 through 28. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, we do challenge you to download the Views Version Bible app. I know, I know DJ bashed on this last week, but listen, we're not opposed to regular Bibles. We just want you to have you a Bible access accessible to you wherever you go. So if you don't have a Bible, we challenge you to download the Version Bible app. Um, but if you would go with me to Genesis, and Genesis is the first book of the Bible. It's uh, hence, hence it's the very beginning, hence the word Genesis. Like that Genesis means formation. Right? It means the creation of. So from the very beginning, we were created on purpose, and we see this right here in Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. It says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the, all the wild animals. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. So from the very beginning, from the very beginning, God created each and every one of us for a purpose. In fact, the big idea for this series is this, is that we were all made for relationship, for growth, and to change the world. We were all made for relationship, growth, and to change the world. And if you look at it, God created us in his image, in the likeness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, so that we could have a relationship with him, so that we could be connected to him, and so that we could be connected to him. Then he made us to, to grow, to be fruitful, and to increase. And then he called us to change the world, to fill the earth and subdue it. Again, last week we talked about community, we talked about relationship, we talked about this connection. So this week what I want to do is I want to spend some time talking about how we were made for growth. How we were created to be fruitful. And if you think about the word fruitful, something that's fruitful produces fruit. Something that's fruitful produces fruit. Okay, so for today, what I want to talk, I want to talk about how in order to produce fruit, some of us, we need to personally grow. So I want to talk about our own personal growth. I understand this. We are not made just to remain the same, but we are made to change. We are made to grow and we're made to produce fruit. I mean, think about it. Right? We, we see this in all areas of life. We see and understand growth physically, it's pretty easy, right? Physically, there's some clear stages of growth that we see. I mean, think about a, a baby, right? From the very beginning, in the infancy mode, you see this baby, and obviously, they're tiny, right? They're so tiny that it that makes you nervous to hold them if you're like me. You think you're going to break them. They're really pliable. I mean, they're totally fine. But, right, they're, they're from this infancy stage, they're there. They're so small. They don't have any control. Like, they, they may roll around here and there. And then you have to actually feed them. You feed them liquid. You can't even feed them solids, right? But then they grow. They grow into the next stage, which is that toddler stage. Right, this stage is kind of the, the fun stage. They, they begin to walk. They stumble around. It's funny when they walk and fall down. I don't know why it's funny, but it's funny to me. But it, it's cool to see they're, they're growing. They're beginning to eat maybe some solid food, some food that smells weird, but they're still eating it, right? Then they grow, and then there's the next stage of childhood. So they're bigger. At this point, they're, they're walking. They're running. They may even be riding a bike, but there's still some development that they need to process into as well, right? And then you go into physically, you see that you go into adolescence, which is a whole different ballgame, and everything changes from there, right? Things just get weird. Right? But then <laughs> it goes to adulthood, right? And then adulthood is where you're ready to, ready to reproduce, which we're going to talk a little bit about that next week. But the stages physically, they're very clear. They're very defined. We can see them, right? The same with mentally. Right? You, can, you can clearly define some of the stages mentally. I mean, if you think about, like, again, going back to being a baby, going back to that infancy, Right, there's sensory awareness that, that's coming together. Right? There's a little bit of minor communication. They might be able to follow you. You say goo goo gaga to them. They may laugh. 
right? You may laugh at them. Or there's something there. But then they go back, and then they go to get into toddler, where all of a sudden they're, they're getting balance, right? They're getting some, some coordination. They're getting some motor skills. So you're seeing this stage of development, or right? You're seeing this stage of growth. Then it goes in, and then you have preschool, where there's some social skills that are coming. Then you go into elementary school, where you're reading and writing. Then junior high, high school, they're developing all these things, right? Then to further education or, or job training, or you're learning specific, specific skills, and then even further education. Right, continuing education, hopefully we're all growing. But again, the stages, they're very clear. You can see them. And we're all, we're made for growth. Right? If we are still the same size as an infant, listen, we're probably not necessarily healthy. If we think like an infant, we're probably not necessarily healthy. We're meant for growth. And the same is true relationally as well. The same is true emotionally. The same true is true spiritually as well. But the problem with it, the problem with growth spiritually, emotionally, relationally, is that it's harder to see the progress. The stages aren't quite clear. Right? The steps aren't as defined as they are. See, a lot of times we know the end result. Right? We can tell you what it looks like to be emotionally healthy. We can tell you what a good relationship looks like. We can tell you that to be spiritually growing, like we, we look like Jesus. We can tell you the end result, but the process, the stages, they're not as defined. Right? They're not as defined. So what happens is, is too many times we skip the process. Too many times we try to skip the steps. We try to skip the stages. And when that happens, man, it ends up in, in some frustration. Right? It ends up with some, with some issues, right? And a lot of times what happens is we end up even faking really that growth. Right? A lot of times we know what it looks like, so we, we know what it looks like to, to be spiritually successful, to be spiritually healthy. So we just put on a front. Right? We make it look like we're appearing that we've got it all together. And we fake it. We're missing out on really why we were created. That whole process, each one of those stages, each one of those steps is what we are created for. We created for the growth. See, the funny thing is there's, there's no such thing as an overnight success. Right, we've probably seen people and think, man, they got it easy. It just happened for them like that. But here's the thing. You never know the backstory. You never know what people have gone through. You never know the, the struggles that people have gone through. And the same is true emotionally, the same is true relationally and spiritually as well. There's things that we have to go through. We can't just skip the process. Because when we do, it really, it leaves us in a place of frustration. There's this gap between it that we completely miss. And when we live in that area, that gap, it's frustrating. Right? But the problem is too many times we try to do it, and we're not the only ones, right? If you're here today and think like, dude, I've always just wanted the end result without going there. You're not the only one. People right around you are in that same boat right now. In fact, if you go all the way back and you look at the disciples of Jesus, they were in the same boat as well. Right? Part of the original 12 were in this boat. And we see this in Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. So if you have your Bibles, flip with me now to the New Testament, to, to Matthew. And we'll uh, start in verse, uh, chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. And in this passage of Scripture, you see Jesus here. And he's teaching his disciples. And he actually, uh, he's spending time with them. He actually had just finished teaching about the kingdom of God. And he's just finished teaching about kind of this, this end result, and he actually predicted his death. Right? This was some, some pretty intense stuff, some pretty amazing things about the end game, right? some incredible thoughts about the end result. But some of his disciples, two in particular, with the help of their mother, were kind of missing it. So check this out here in verse 20. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Right? Think about this. 
here's this mother, right? The mother of the Zebedee sons. There's really, this is the son of, of James and John. Again, this is part of Jesus' 12 disciples. In fact, this is actually part of his, his inner circle. Like the three that are close to him. Like the, the guy that are closest to him. This is where they are. And here's this mother saying, hey, can you give my kids the outcome without having them go through the whole process, right? Can we just skip ahead to the end game for them? Like, let's just, let's just go ahead and just have that taken care of. Let's just fast pass them right there. Right? Think about this. This is like helicopter parenting before helicopter parenting was ever a thing, right? This mom is like one of those, Jesus is probably like, dude, whoa, calm down, right? And he, he really was, right? And I think some of us, were, as parents, we're guilty of this as well. Some of us individually, we're guilty of this as well. We want the result without the work. But what happens is, what happens is we miss out. We miss out on part of our purpose because right? we were made for spiritual growth. We were made for emotional growth. We were made for relational growth. And it takes time. Right? It's a process. It's a journey. But God wants us on that journey. And Jesus knows this, right? Jesus knows this. So check out how he responded to this mother. So it continues on in verse 22. It says, you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to him. Jesus thinking like, dude, you have no clue what you're even talking about, lady. Right? You have no clue. Like, you don't understand and grasp the concept and how big this truly was. Right? The fact that you want your kids to get to the end game, you're robbing them of what God even created them for. Right? You're robbing them of their purpose. Right? She's going against why they were made in the first place. Right? She's going against what it really takes for them to produce fruit. Really what Jesus is saying, he's saying, to, he's saying to this lady, he's saying to us as well. He's saying that you are not just made for the outcome, but you were made for the process. You're not just made for the result, but you're made for the journey. You're made for growth. Now, what's amazing is this, is that we get the outcome. Right? Right? Through grace, through his love, through his mercy, we get the end result. Right? We get to share in, the, in an eternal relationship with our Heavenly Father because of Jesus. In fact, Jesus goes on. He says, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Well, this is a stupid answer. But Jesus actually answers back and says, Jesus said to them, yes, you indeed will drink from my cup. You will reap the benefits of what I'm about to do for you. You will reap the benefits of me dying, giving my blood for you, right? giving my body for you. Yeah, you will drink from that cup. You'll suffer with me. And then because I rose from the dead, you have a relationship with our Heavenly Father forever and ever. Right? That's the whole purpose of who Jesus is. And we get the benefits through Jesus. But growth is still a process. Growth is still a process. Jesus keeps going on and he says this. He says, but to sit on my right or left is not for me to grant places belong to those for them for whom they have been prepared by my father. It's in the growth process. It's still there. It's something that we all have to go through. And we can't fast track it. And when we do fast track it, what it does is it causes divisiveness. It causes division between others and ourselves. That goes on right there in verse 24. It says, when the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. I think about this. Think about your closest 12 friends, and then you've got the two friends that are sneaking off and trying to get the end result, trying to get in, right, the inner part of it. They're trying to say, you have to skip in the whole process. Of course these 10 are mad. In fact, they're super mad. The word says indignant. That's a good word. I think it's a word we need to bring back. How are you feeling today? I'm indignant, right? <laughs> it's like this justified anger because somebody, something's not right. This is what the other 10 were feeling. And they were, they were really against these two. If you think about it, when we try to skip the process, when we try to go against why we're even made, it causes, it causes a line to be drawing between us and others. 
It really goes against it. Another purpose of why we're created. What DJ talked about last week. The whole thing about community. Like when we try to skip growth, we're going against community. We're going against how God truly created us. We're made. We're made for community and we're made to grow. And when we try to skip that, we miss out on what we're made for. We miss out on it. And here's what I want us to understand about spiritual growth today. Here's what I want us to grasp. Real growth comes through application, not observation. Real growth comes through application, not observation. And you see this, right? We see this, we experience this in life, and we see this right here in this story with Jesus and his disciples. I mean, think about it. No one would argue that Jesus wasn't the, wasn't the most selfless person that ever lived on this earth. And at this time, when he's spending time with his disciples, he's done some incredible things. He already healed people. He had already preached some amazing lessons. He had talked about what he's about to do on the cross. He had all these things. So you think that by observing the two that are closest to him in his inner three, you think that just by being around them, that would rub off a little bit on them. That they would look like Jesus. They would act like Jesus. They would be like him, right? But no, they were still missing it. They were still missing it. Because the growth doesn't come from just observing. The growth doesn't come from just being around them. The growth comes from application. Right? The growth comes from application. And I think many times we miss this. I mean, think about it this way. How many of you thought you knew something only later to find out that you were way off? Right? Right? Parenting is a great example of this. Let's just, let's just talk a little bit of parenting. I remember before we had kids, I had theories of how to raise a child. Right? They were great theories, too. Right? Some of you may have been there before. Where you're like, you saw other kids, they're going wild, they're going crazy, and you're like, Dude, my kid will never, ever act like that. I will whoop their behind, right? I will take care of that right when it starts. Right? We thought that before we had kids. And then, if we were crazy and we, were, we had the audacity, we might even say something to somebody else. Like, your kid's out of control. Here's what I would do if I were you. And then, we had kids. And everything changes from that moment, right? The moment we have kids, all of a sudden you're thinking like, oh my goodness, instead of judging that parent, you just say a prayer for them. Like, dear Lord, bless them. Their kid's still alive. That's good. And then you start praying for yourself. Like, God, all I really want to do is I want to get to bed tonight, and I want all my kids' limbs still intact. Like, that, that's a win. Let's just call for what it is, right? Things change, right? Things change when we get in the depths of it, right? Things change when we actually have to apply certain truths. Growth happens through application, not just observation. Another thing, think about for me, I love YouTube. I'm, I'm kind of a, a YouTube junkie. I think it's the greatest thing that hits the internet ever because you can figure out just about anything. I mean, think about it. Like, for me, I watch how-to videos, and I'm like, I got this. I'm saving tons of money. I'm not going to break anything. Nothing's going to go wrong, right? I look at it for things to, to fix on my cars. Like, I've watched YouTube videos, and I felt like I can change a transmission on a car. Listen, I am terrible with cars. But I watch the YouTube video, I think, I've got this, right? I've watched YouTube videos on home improvements. I'm thinking, like, dude. Could add a, we could add an addition to the house, babe. We've got this. I could do it. I, it's a day project. I mean, the YouTube video is only 25 minutes long, so I clearly could frame, side, bud, everything within just a day, right? We've got this. This is easy, right? I've watched some YouTube videos on mountain biking. I love mountain biking. So I've watched, so what I do is I just watch YouTube videos. Like, hey, this is how you do that. I've watched YouTube videos thinking like, dude, I can bunny hop this, right? I can bunny hop this jump, go into this log, right over this log, manual for 30 feet, and then do this 15-foot jump. Some of you guys are like, what does all that mean? Exactly. Watch YouTube video. You'll figure it out. You can do it too. I think I can do it. I think I can do all these things, but here's the truth. When I try it, I 
fail, right? But I try and I, I, I can't do it. Listen, I have a separated AC joint to prove the mountain biking stuff, right? right? Growth doesn't happen just from observing. It happens through application. It happens through practice. It happens through the process of taking one step at a time. And the truth is, it's what we're made for. We were created for the process. We were created for the steps that it takes. That's how we created. That's why we created. Real growth comes through application, not just observation. And it's so true in our spiritual life. And so for Sarah and I, we've experienced this in our life. So when we, uh, when we first got married, we, uh, we went to church. We were regular church goers. We, we served. We did a bunch of different things, right? We, we even gave. Like, we gave consistently every, every month. We, we do bills bimonthly. That's how our budget works. So every month we give bills. We, we give a certain portion of it to and stuff. We're like, yeah, we're doing it. Like, we're, we're rocking and rolling. But then we felt like we were supposed to do something crazy. We started seeing things from, from other people. Right? We were seeing things from that people were actually giving their first fruits, this thing called a tithe. And they went and we were reading books about it, and they're talking first fruits, tithing out the first fruits. It's, it's not just your net, it's your actual gross, like, like before taxes. And we're like, oh, that seems like that would hurt, right? Like, so we were actually, we, when we started, we were actually giving 10% off of my net, and we were giving a little bit off of Sarah's when we first got married. And then we're, we're paying, we had a lot of debt. We were really dumb in our younger years, so we had a lot of debt. So we're paying down debt, trying to crank all this. We're like, man, we felt like God was telling us, hey, you know what? To take a step, like to apply some of the truths, you need to, to listen to this first fruits thing. Like we'd heard about it. We'd seen it. We observed it. But we saw people that were, they were seeing the benefits. We're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I'm not just talking like prosperity stuff. Like we, it's not that they were getting rich because of it. It was that they were living a life where they were walking in step with God. And so we're seeing this, and then we felt like, man, we're supposed to do that. So we applied it. We'd read about it. We'd probably wrestled with it for a year, right, reading about it. But nothing was changed in why we were reading about it. Nothing was changed in why we were observing it. But then one day, we decided to go for it. So for me, that means my spreadsheet changes. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I like spreadsheets. I like budgets. I put it all there, so I had to change the spreadsheet. And to change the spreadsheet and to change the budget actually hurts. Like, that's, that's in there. That's rent for a reason, right? So I had to change it, and it was cool. The things that God did were so amazing. And listen, like, we were blessed financially, yes, because it was crazy. Like, we, we gave the 10% off the, off the gross. Within two months, we had both gotten promotions at work. Our pay increased by 29%, which far out. Just, it's just amazing things that God did. But here's what happened. We grew in faith. We grew through application. And we would have never been able to plant this church if we never took that step. Because we were faithful with our, finance, with our finances, because we applied some truth to our finances, we were able to apply truth to other areas of our life. Right? We are able to apply truth to, to how we deal with people, to how we talk to people. And we were able to say yes when we felt like we're called to start a church. Listen, that's a big jump, but it's a process. If we would have never said yes or never applied it, we would have never been here because of it, Sarah, Sarah's moved from different areas in her position as well, where she's been able to, to take a step of faith, trusting fully that God's going to take care of her as well. And God's doing some amazing things. And we've grown because of it, because of application. Real growth comes through application, not observation. Let me say it this way. Real life change, right? life change is who we are. We define life change as a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Real life change happens when you apply the teachings of Jesus to your life. Not just observe them on a Sunday morning. 
and not just observe them in, in your Bible reading plan. Yeah, you should be reading your Bible. But don't just observe it. Apply the truth. Apply the principles to your life. Think about it. What's an area? What's an area where you need to move from observation to application? And maybe for you, maybe you're like Sarah and I. Maybe, maybe it starts with your finances. Maybe for you, maybe it's in, in your relationships. Maybe it's actually how you treat others. Maybe it's applying some of the truths of, of love and actually treating others with love. Maybe for you, it's in your workplace. Maybe you know that you should be a, and, and act with a little bit more integrity in your workplace, but you haven't done it yet. Maybe it's time to apply that and live and work with integrity. Right? Maybe for you, it's what you allow yourself to, to, to who you allow yourself to hang out with for what you allow yourself to, to partake in, for what you allow yourself to, to watch on the internet, right? Maybe for you there's some things that you know, but you haven't put into application. Right? Think about it. What's an area of your life where you know better, but you haven't yet done better? That's a tough question. But what that question leads to, it leads to growth. It's a question that takes you from observation to application. And you were created. You were created for that. You were made for that. Think about it. Think about what could happen if you move from observation to application. Think about what could happen if you, if you went from head knowledge, not only to heart knowledge, but actually like foot knowledge. Like you're putting the work in. Think about the things that could change in your life, right? Think about what could happen if instead of just knowing about finances, you actually became, fi you became faithful with your finances. Right? Think about if you went from observing godly love to actually putting practice, putting into practice and giving godly love to your spouse, to your kids, to your neighbors, your friends, to your coworkers. Right? Think about what if, would happen if you just went from wishing for patience to actually exercising, right? to keeping your mouth shut when you know you should, right? to holding yourself back, to remaining calm in situations, to having self-control. Right? Think about the results. Listen, when we live like Jesus, the results will be different. Right? When we apply his truth, we will never be the same. You're not only made to know him, but to make him known and to be known by him. So here's the truth. We're invited and we're, we're wanted and we're welcome to come as we are. But the point isn't just to stay that way. See, grace, grace isn't a permission to stay as we are. It's the power to not have to stay that way. It's the power to grow. Faith isn't the finish line. It's the starting point. Faith isn't the finish line. It's the place where our lives can begin to be changed. Right? The point is that we grow and change and become stronger, become healthier, to become more and more like Jesus. And that doesn't just happen when we show up. It doesn't just show, happen when we're, we're in the room. Right? It doesn't happen just because we observe something. It happens when we apply his truth. We actually start changing when we, when we stop becoming just an observer and start becoming somebody that applies his truth. And to do that, though, we have to, we have to change our attitude. To do that, we have to, to change our mindset. And if you look at it, Jesus actually gives us, he gives us the playbook on how to do this, on how to change our mindset, how to change our attitude so that we can actually apply his truth to our life. That continues on here in verse 25 right here. So again, here, here's Jesus, right? The two disciples, they said, hey, I want to fast track this. The other disciples hear about this. They're all angry. They're all up in arms. This is kind of a fiery moment. So Jesus does this. He calls them back together and he says this. He says that you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. 
just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Whoever wants to be great, whoever wants the end game, whoever wants that result, must be your servant. We have to change our attitude to become an attitude of serving. So we must serve. To apply the truths of Jesus, we have to serve others. Here's the truth. We look the most like Jesus when we serve. And if you think about Jesus, he came to serve. And it's amazing. Jesus, of all people, the Son of God, the King of kings, if anybody had come to earth that deserved for others to serve them, that deserved the honor, that deserved the fast tracks of, that everybody would just bow down to him, it was Jesus. But he came and he did the exact opposite. He came and he served others. He served us. He served us with everything he did, including giving his life for each and every one of us. Because it's who he is. It's what he taught. And for us to apply his truths, we also must serve others. For many of us, our next step of growth is simply our next opportunity to serve. I think sometimes we get, we get so frustrated and we feel like we're stuck. Like, what am I supposed to do next? Look for your next opportunity to serve. Look for your next opportunity to be the most like Jesus and jump in and do it. That's all I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to serve. Maybe for you, it's to serve by giving. Right? Maybe for you, it's to, to serve by jumping in a life group and actually giving of your time and, and being real with people, like connecting with others. Maybe for you, it's to serve and jump on our serve team. Maybe it's you to serve and, and jump on Fort Park. And I know you probably get so sick of me hearing me say this each and every week. And I know it's annoying, but understand this. I'm not saying this so that our church can go. I'm saying this so that you can grow. We've created opportunities so that others can come here and they can grow. Like the whole goal is to love people into a growing relationship with Jesus. The whole people goal is to grow people to life change. So we create opportunities. With our directors, right? We, we talk about this. Right? Let's say, hey, let's create a space. Let's create some. We need somebody to serve because we want them to grow. Listen, our goal isn't for you to come in here and be thinking like, man, this church is on it. Like, they don't need me. I can just sit back and relax. And I, we probably failed. There's some, we might feel that way. Here's the truth. We need you, not for us. We need you for you so that you can grow. And you can grow in your relationship with Jesus. So let me ask you, are you serving? Are you trying to look like Jesus? Are you putting his truth into application? Are you putting yourself in a place where you can apply his truth? See, there's something amazing that, that happens when we serve. There's something amazing that happens when we're even on the serve team. Right? We connect together, but what we do is we grow. We start applying his principles. Jesus said, become like a servant. Then Jesus said this, whoever wants to be first, right? whoever wants to lead the pack, must be like a slave. Think about this. A slave is the lowest of the lowest. This is just a leadership principle that's incredible. That's kind of caught up in here. But I can always see this. Those that are the best leaders have always been those that have been able to be led the best. Some of the best leaders that you will ever experience are people who have put themselves under somebody else and allowed them to lead. Let me just say this. You, if they're your leader, you're not meant to be their leader. Right? Like, so don't try to be their leader in that. It's their whole authority chain. But if you have a leader that's not willing to be led by somebody else, chances are they're not going to be great. If you are somebody that can't be led by somebody else, chances are you're going to get stuck and you will never be another, a good leader. Right? That's just a whole side note thing. But Jesus talks about this, right? He says for us to do this, we have to be a slave. And if you look at this word slave, if you look at the action sense of it, right, the verb tense, it means to work. Understand this, growth takes work. Application takes hard work. To apply the truth of Jesus we need to be active. We need to work. We need to slave away. We need to grind. 
at certain things in our life. Laziness and growth do not go hand in hand. Laziness and application do not go together. And understand this. I'm not saying that you need to work for your salvation. Right? Salvation is given to each and every one of us through mercy, through grace, through God, through his son, Jesus Christ. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. Right? There's nothing we can do to earn it. It's a gift given to us. But growth is a process. And it's a process that stems from work. Right? And the work should be inspired from the grace and mercy that we received from God. In fact, Paul says it this way in Colossians 3, 23-24. says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ that you are saved, that you are serving. Listen, don't be lazy in the application of his word. And don't be lazy in living out the principles that Jesus sets before us. But instead, work at it with all your heart. Work at it as if you're working for the Lord because you are. And listen, that's next level. Like, that will take you to the next level. And for honest, some of us, we never got to that next level because, well, because we give up when it's hard. Right? Because when there's tension there, we stop, we stop moving forward. Right? For some of us, that next step involves us moving an obstacle out of the way. That next step involves us taking a leap. Right? There may be a gap that we have to jump a little bit. It takes a little bit of work. It's going to take some grinding. It's going to take some, it's going to take some slaving away. But that's what, that's what growth stems from. Right? What's an area in your life where you need to work? And maybe again, it's your finances. Maybe when I said the budget word, I'll say it again, budget, 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 budget. Some of you are like, I want to puke. I want to puke more. I want to puke more. That is a bad word. I don't like it, right? Maybe for you, that's it. Maybe for you to grind to work is actually to put a budget in place. Maybe you heard me say spreadsheet, and you're thinking, like, that would be nice. Yeah, maybe you should put a spreadsheet in place. Find a nerd. They'll help you out. We love that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> maybe for you, maybe it's in your relationships, right? Put the work in. Maybe for you, it's in your marriage. Maybe you need to put some work in so that you can grow in your marriage. Let me tell you this. Marriage takes work. It's not always easy. We see people who have been married for 50 years. You know what I think automatically? I think, man, that was a lot of fights. Okay. That was a lot of nights that are angry. That's a, that was a lot of, well, you know what it was? It was a lot of working through those fights. It was a lot of not just covering things up, putting it under the rug and brushing it, brushing it under the rug. It was a lot of addressing issues, saying, you know what? I didn't feel loved when you did this. It's, a, it's an easy way to break in if you want to do that. I didn't feel loved when you did this. So you're telling me you didn't feel loved? Yeah, it calms the tension right down, right? Instead of saying, you did this. No, it takes a lot of that. It takes a lot of, of facing things head on. Maybe for you, maybe your hard work is in your marriage. Maybe for you to, to go through a book with your spouse. The Five Love Languages is an incredible book. It can change the way you interact with your spouse. Listen, for the first few years of marriage, Sarah and I, we, we just, we weren't connecting. We had, we had a great marriage. It was like first year of marriage it was actually easy. It got hard when we had kids. But, uh, but we, we didn't know each other's love language. So Sarah's showering me with gifts. My love language is words of affirmation, right? It's, and that's, it's pretty much all words. Like, I don't want touch. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want gifts. But she was showering with me gifts because that's her love language. So she's giving me all these things that I'm looking at and thinking, like, where's this money coming from? I'm angry about this. We are going, you have to be using a credit card on this. I'm so angry. What's going on? Here she is thinking that she's telling me she loves me. But she was doing the exact opposite. All I needed was an attaboy. I just needed a pat on the back. Hey, you're doing good. I got to be totally good with that, right? But we, we didn't know. Because we didn't put the work in. 
maybe for you, you need to put the work in so that you can talk with your spouse, right? Maybe for you, you need to put the work in. Maybe, maybe you need to go to counseling and like sit down with somebody else so that they can see these things in your relationship. Right? I challenge you to put the work in. Maybe for you, it's your, with your relationship with God. And maybe every time you read the Bible, you come across a, a hard word or a hard passage of Scripture, and you just give up, right? You say, well, I'm, I can't understand this anyways. Or you do what I do and just keep rushing by and power through. Like, yeah, at least I got it done. I read three chapters today. I took in nothing, right? Listen, I challenge you, slow down. Slow down. When you come across the hard passage of Scripture, look it up. Right? Dig into it. We have this thing called the Internet. It's amazing. This thing called Google leads you to some legit sources, like the Blue Letter Bible leads you to some legit commentaries where you can dig in and you can find the history, the context of the passage of Scripture so that you can understand a little bit better. Right? Listen, there's no shame in even looking up at the dictionary and looking up words. I do it all the time. But look it up. Take it. Slow down and do the work. Right? Do some research. Study with it. In your prayer life, maybe you're thinking, like, I just can't pray. I always get stuck. You know what? Maybe find a prayer that's already pre-written and read it. Then start rewording it. Make it your own. Do some work with it. Do some work. Maybe for you, maybe in your spiritual life, maybe for you it's to fast. Listen, fast, fasting is actually one of my favorite spiritual disciplines. And I will tell you, it makes me an angry person. I'm not, I do not look like Jesus when I fast. I usually have to warn my family and be like, hey, I'm going to fast for like a day or two. You guys go with that? Like, okay. And then they leave. <laughs> But what it does is there's, it's, it's something about relying on God. It's something about putting work in and realizing that, that you're doing something, that you're growing. And God always grows, and he, he allows me to grow through it. I challenge you to do the work, right? Apply the truths from Jesus. Real growth comes through application, not observation. So think about it. Are you just observing from the sidelines when it comes to the things of Jesus? Or are you applying them? And are you experiencing them? Are his priorities becoming yours? When you serve, are you serving like him? Right? Are you putting in the work it takes? Are you growing? Understand this. You were made for growth. Right? You were made for growth. And when I think about growth, I think about, I think about this cup of dirt. Right? Some of you guys may have gotten a cup of dirt just like this. If your, your kids brought back from our Kids Life program. Right? But when I look at this, this right here, this is uh, something Berkeley brought home. Right? She brought it home, and she was so proud of this. She's like, look what I got. Mom, Dad. It's going to grow into a great sunflower. She was so excited about it. She brought it in. And she's like, it's going to grow, right? Well, guess what happened? We took it. We put it by the sink, like the windowsill by the sink, and we just left it there. Very soon, I would say I forgot, but I never watered it once. Pretty soon, Sarah forgot to water it. I never did. Pretty soon we forgot it was there. We forgot to, to rotate it. We forgot to, to do things to it to, to make it grow. And the little sprout that actually came up was, was gone really quickly. And the truth is, I think this is what we do. This is what we do with our relationship with God. This is what we do in our spiritual life. The moment we get it, right, there's some excitement to it. We think, like, this is going to be so cool, right? This is going to be so great. We have all this opportunity. We have all this. We have all this we can grow into. And the truth is, we do, each one of you, you have an incredible potential. Like, you have such incredible potential. God created you to do some amazing things, things that I could never do, things that the person next to you can never do. We have this incredible potential, but what we do is we forget the work that it takes. We forget that we have to change our attitudes and we have to apply some things. There's, there's some things that we need to water once in a while. We need to place ourselves under the sun once in a while. We need to place ourselves by his side once in a while. And then pretty soon we forget about 
it becomes like this cup of dirt. You know, eventually we'll probably, Sarah and I will probably eventually just throw this away. And what's sad is I think sometimes that's what we do with our relationship with Jesus. We just throw it away. It gets hard. So we just throw it away. Jesus never promised it was going to be easy. He didn't die on a cross for it to be. Think about it. For us to have a relationship with God, Jesus had to die on a cross. I don't know with you, but like dying on a cross does not relate to easy to me. When it gets hard, we got to keep going. We got to stay focused. I think the last thing it says here in verse 20, it says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for me. Jesus showed us the ultimate example to, by giving his life for each and every one of us. For us to start our growth, for us to continue our growth, we got to give our life every single day. Every single day. So really, step three is the beginning of it all. It's the beginning of growth. To give your life. So as we close... Maybe you're here today. Maybe for you, maybe you've never started a relationship with God. What I want to do is I want to give you that opportunity. In the seat back in front of you, there's the connection cards. I challenge you to pull that out. That first box says, I want to make a connection. I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe you're here today, and maybe you've never done that. I want to challenge you. Checkmark that box. Start your process of growth by checkmarking that box. Maybe for you, maybe you're here today. Maybe you made a decision, but the truth is, maybe that decision just stood by the window seal. It's never grown. It's become like this cup of dirt. Maybe for you, maybe you need to remake that decision. I want to give you the opportunity. Check mark that box. Make the commitment to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Receive his forgiveness for your sins. And then grow. Then apply his truths to your life. Maybe maybe God's asking you to, maybe there's certain truths that you need to apply to your life. Maybe it's a putting yourself in a serving position. Maybe it's to do some work. You know exactly what it is. I challenge you to write it down. Write it down. There's also a place for prayer requests where you can pray with somebody. And listen, I take these things so seriously. Your cards right there. It's my way to track and journey with you. If you write down, you can you can know that I'll be praying for you this week. I'll be praying specifically for whatever God's asking you to do because I want to journey with you. And let's not do this alone. Again, DJ talked about last week. We were made. We're made for community. So don't do it alone. We're made for growth. Together, when we put those two together. We'll talk about next week, but it will change the world. So I challenge you, if you would, fill that connection card out. Also, get any ties or offerings ready. And then Daryl will be up in just a moment to explain the next step. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening, and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening, and that God is asking you, to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.